You're listening to The Morning Muster, a podcast by Ben and Teresa Carey from Morse Alpha Expeditions. And hey, with this episode, we're going to try something new. We're uploading it to our YouTube channel. So subscribe to our channel there called Morse Alpha Expeditions. Or you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and anywhere else at The Morning Muster. Okay, here we go. We're all so intertwined with technology. I don't want to lose the reality behind it. There's another person on the other side. Just because we're creators doesn't mean we don't have feelings. That's Marissa Neely. We'll hear more from her in just a bit because today we're talking about creating content while cruising. I'm Ben Carey, and this is The Morning Muster, where we get sailors together to talk about the most important topics of the day. So grab a cup of hot coffee because we're about to muster. Did you know that I met Teresa because of a YouTube video I had made? Teresa had been Googling how to live aboard a North Sea 27, and she found my videos. And when I went to sell my boat, Teresa inquired about buying it. No, she didn't buy mine. She found a better one, she says. But we stuck together, and we cruised in convoy for a few years. So Teresa and I started creating content before there was a playbook or role models to guide us. I had my videos, and then Teresa told me she wanted to be a writer. So I set up a blog for her so she could start writing. But creating content is much more common now. And today we'll learn about balancing content creation with work and sailing and boat projects, all the while trying to actually enjoy cruising. Teresa sat down with Marissa Neely of Sailing Avocet and Brina Litzenberger of Sailing with the Litzenbergers. The three of them talked about the ins and outs, the highs and the lows, and producing sailing content for YouTube, podcast, blogs, and all the other social media platforms. So let's get to it. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, so today's topic is about creating content underway, learning to balance working and sailing and creating these videos, podcasts, or blogs. Ben and I have been dabbling in sailing media a lot, but not always totally committing. Although we're trying to ramp up this podcast because we really love this podcast and the educational opportunities it provides. Um, we did create a feature film in 2011 and I had a blog way back when, but we, but we started that work before being a YouTuber was legit like it is now. Mm -hmm. And we were sailing with one shared flip phone. And since then we've <laughs> seen this whole media landscape change. And so I guess I wonder, and this is something we ask ourselves all the time as sailors and content creators, why are we truly sailing? Why are we creating content? So that's a big question to start with, but maybe Brina, you have some thoughts on that? Yeah, that's very existential. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started cruising when I was 21, I think. So we also started cruising before the whole YouTube craze thing. And um, we sailed, I guess it was three boats in three different kind of cruising grounds before we started our YouTube channel. Um, so we kind of experienced sailing prior to all the content creation kind of craze. And then we sailed during it um, and partook in like adding to it. And then once COVID hit, then that's when I created this Creators Wheelhouse, which is this platform, basically like Patreon, but um, it was all centered mostly because of content creation as a sailor. 
So that's all to say that I definitely felt the same kind of questioning that you did when we were creating content, like what was I adding? And then especially when people would be in a an anchorage and they were like, oh, we saw this on your channel. So that's why we came. And it's like, oh, man, am I now like adding to this place getting discovered, which there's, you know, kind of a back and forth feeling about that. Like, was that a good thing, a bad thing? Mm-hmm. So I have to say that I think in the end, even though there was some things that I didn't like about content creation, in the end, I thought it was a really good thing because it created this awesome community and people that I would not have met mm-hmm. otherwise came up to us and was like, oh my gosh, you guys' videos made us start or you guys made me realize that I could buy a boat for $6,000 and go rather than wait to get a catamaran and and go you know, at, into debt and try it. So I think ultimately it was a good thing. I don't know, Marissa, you're now in it. Like I am not in it anymore. So I don't know how you feel now. Oh, it's a constant struggle. I struggle a lot with the whole, why am I doing this? Because Chris comes from a cinematography background. So he films documentaries and stories and things like that for work. So when we're filming ourselves, it's a weird balance of trying to not make it feel like work, but also still trying to capture our story and share it. And what we found is, especially since being home off Avocet this summer, we're watching all of our old videos because we miss the boat and we're like reliving these stories. And we're Mm -hmm. so glad that we have them to do that. If not to like share it with the world, at least we have it for ourselves. And we can see how we've changed as sailors. We can see how we've changed as creators in general and how we're enjoying sailing differently. Like, I think in the early days, we were so busy with boat projects and could only go sailing every once in a while. We were really focused on filming everything. We're like, oh, we have to film this because we have to make a YouTube video out of this two-day trip. And you can see in those videos, it, it not that they're not good. <laughs> they're just different. They're more rushed. There's less connection, I feel. So something that I've been trying to do now is with our latest YouTube videos is making sure we're leaving the audience with more than they started with. So whether it's teaching a lesson on sailing instruction or um, the location that we're sailing, maybe some history lessons or what to expect when you anchor there, just giving more information I feel is valuable because if you can add value to your videos, then it's worth it. Mm hmm. I want to cut right to a point here because you two are both female sailors. We are sailing, it sounds like you're sailing with partners a lot of time. I know when I was sailing initially a long time ago and creating content, I was by myself. And I I think I was less worried about the storms that I might encounter alone out there. Um, Many storms I can manage, but I was more worried about people like fanatic fans or wildcard people like people are way more unpredictable than the weather. So I had a policy of never posting anything in real time. My posts were always delayed by at least a week. I was weight anchor and out of there before I posted something. And you know, that kept people not knowing where I was at exactly, or they thought they know where, knew where I was at. You know, sometimes it angered people. Like, I know you're not there because this is what's going on and you're not real. You know, you're making all this up. Do you ever worry about compromising your safety when you post, put yourself out there so openly? Luckily, our videos are 10 months behind. So we actually recently went to the Annapolis Boat Show and so many people are like, hey, we're so excited to see you getting out of California. And we're like, we've been in Mexico for six months. What? Like, do you not follow us anywhere else? Just YouTube? Okay. Um, 
there is a big safety aspect to it for sure. I try to follow the same rule, like don't post immediately when you get to a place, kind of vet it out. Because there's also the aspect of when you get to a place and if there's other cruisers there that are genuinely nice, not creeps, friendly people, they mm-hmm. probably want to hang out. And that's a good way to make friends. Yeah. So it's been a balance. You know, it's just using street smarts, kind of feeling out the situation. If you're going to pull into this sketchy anchorage and, you know, there's questionable characters around, probably shouldn't post your location, you know, with like your boat that has all of these amazing things on it. We did a lot of boat projects so people can see exactly what's on our boat, what technology we have and things like that, which has always kind of sussed me out a little bit. Yeah, I would say that is honestly, it's one of the big reasons that uh, I quit content creation. Spencer, I think my husband and co-captain, he loved being a star. Like, I think he was meant to do that in some regards. (laughs) He's just very sociable when people approach him, but it always just really weirded me out because our videos, you know, we're ourselves and people feel like they know us then. And so when they approach you, they have been your friend for the last three years. And, you know, but for me, I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't know you. (laughs) I don't like, I I know nothing about you. Um, So we had, yeah, we had Mm -hmm. a couple of experiences where, you know, we would be in a boatyard for a long time. And there was one instance where somebody drove three hours and Mm -hmm. came and like knocked on our hole around five after, you know, work and and was like, I saw that in your last post, you were at the boatyard. The, we never said where we were, but he said, I noticed this other boat and I knew they were here. So I wanted to come say oh, hi. Wow. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a part of this. This is awful. But you didn't feel like... message, right? Yeah, I'd message it's... you, right? If you're online, it's not hard to reach people. <laughs> yeah, who does so, that? I wasn't ever really scared, but I will say that it was something that really creeped me out. And so it's one thing that I have not missed at all, because even though I loved growing the community, I loved growing it online (laughs) and then, you know, being able to get to know people there. And then if I chose, then kind of extending it into like the real world. That's one of the reasons we created Creators Wheelhouse was to create more of a community there and protect creators so that they could have this community and they could have the outreach to their fans, but they didn't have to then breach that veil between them and the real world because it can be really intimidating and also scary, especially as a female. Like I just didn't appreciate a lot of the people that just would come up and be like, Hey, we're a fry. Like we love you. And it's like, I, I think that everybody meant well, it was just like very jarring for me. Cause I was like, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. I hear that. And for me, I can be a really shy person. I don't think people recognize that in me yeah. because when I'm when I'm giving seminars or speaking or doing this podcast, I I can speak and be very open, but I'm also kind of in control of the situation, right? I'm going to edit this podcast in the end and put it out there. But just in public, walking down the street or walking down the docks, mm-hmm. I am I'm pretty shy. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to talk to people. Absolutely. I can relate to that. A lot of people have told me that actually, when they meet me on the dock or something like, you're really quiet in person. I'm like, well, yeah, because usually it's my husband behind the camera and I'm a very sarcastic human and comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so I totally true. relate to that. Yeah. yeah. Now, Brina, Benji told me that you sometimes call these vlogs and podcasts infotainment. Uh, um, I think <laughs> I've had a few, I've had a few terms for it um, because I do think there is some danger um, in kind of 
fantasizing. I mean, I think there's a time and a place for it for sure. But I think some channels really go the extra mile to make it seem as though life is super great on the water. I recognize that when I started sailing, YouTube wasn't a thing. So I didn't have anything to compare it to, which I think was actually a really great thing for me. Um, because if I would have been, you know, had a toilet breaking and me shitting in a bucket inside a crappy boat that I paid $6,000 for, if I was doing that and then looking at somebody this, my same age in a catamaran in a bikini in the middle of some beautiful anchorage, I would have been like, yeah. what have I done wrong? <laughs> so I I was very lucky in that because I, I think that would have defined my cruising career and how I felt about cruising way before I was gave it a chance of defining myself. Yeah. So I do think that content creators, some of them are very cognizant of that. Uh, SV Absent, Marissa, she's super cognizant of that, about, you know, showing the realities and the highs and the lows so that people don't get this idea of like this, uh, you know, super privileged life is just amazing all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Everything's yes. fine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Nothing bad ever happens. Yeah. Well, um, when something bad happens, it's hard to pick up the camera. You know, because you're dealing with it, you're yes. managing that, and usually there's a yeah. lot going on. And if you pick up yeah. the camera in a bad situation, if that's your knee jerk reaction is like, "Oh, I have to film this," you should probably reevaluate some things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe have an extra set of hands aboard if that's a priority over safety yeah. or yeah. security of your boat and crew. But th that's what's really hard for Chris and I creating that kind of content because mm -hmm. guys, stuff goes wrong a lot, especially yeah. in our first year of cruising. Um, our engine blew up like, you know, twice. Brina can relate to that. She was a fellow Perkins pity party member. Um, <laughs> so yeah, in those situations, it's hard to film, but once everything kind yeah. of calms down, you can film and recap and be like, mm -hmm. okay, this is what happened. This is how we reacted. This is what we would do differently. And I think those yeah. are important conversations to have rather than just glossing over it and being like, oh yeah, my mm -hmm. engine blew up. And anyways, here's some dolphins and a beautiful anchorage. And here's me in a bikini and some Mai Tais. Like you're not yeah. getting the full yeah. experience in my opinion. So you got to have the good with the bad. You have to keep it real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I, I like um, the word infotainment. I think for me and Ben as educators, we've worked on so many training boats. That's our upbringing in, in the sailing world. And now, mm -hmm. uh, you know, teaching and so forth. That was my first professional job uh, when I was 18. And just I kept going with it. And now we run our own training program. So we're educators first. And mm -hmm. I look at a lot of the YouTube videos out there available and what responsibility do we as content creators have to our viewers? A major responsibility. Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility. Any uh, Spider-Man <laughs> fans out there know that. But yeah, that's something that we've tried to emphasize personally on our channels, whether it's YouTube or our blog site or Instagram, no matter the platform is just really pushing the safety aspect because yeah, anybody can buy a boat. Anybody can buy a boat. You know, you can go out to the yard and get a derelict boat and say, okay, I'm doing it. But do you know how to do it safely? Do you know the rules and regulations on the ocean? Do you know what a day shape is? Like there's a lot of information in sailing. Mm -hmm. And I became a captain um, a year ago because I had a lot of- Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's a big test. Yeah. It is. I am the only captain aboard Avocet legally. Chris is <laughs> technically the boss on paper, but I am the captain. <laughs> <laughs> so it, that was a thing for me is that 
I wanted to prove to myself that I was worthy of that space that I took up because like I said, I struggle with imposter syndrome. So I did the test. I learned the things and there is a lot of information. A lot of things that I didn't even know, even after living on a boat for three years at the time that, you know, it's like with any field you go into, you should do your research or else you could hurt yourself or others. Yeah. There's a lot of things on the test that you might encounter once in your whole sailing life because mm-hmm. it's so obscure, <laughs> but you still yeah. have to know it. Yeah. I think um, I might take the counter <laughs> to that because I, I think Spencer and I definitely were the ones that were always like, it floats now, it'll float later, right? Like, let's just go. So I think... Um, <laughs> You know, especially when we were younger and only had like $6,000 in the bank, it was like, let's just go. I mean, knowing what I know now, that was really not wise, but I'm glad I was young and did it that way. It taught me a lot, but like on our channel, we never did how-tos. We'd always explain what we were doing, but we never did how-tos because it really wasn't something that we wanted to, like we kept telling people to like, don't copy what we're doing um, because we don't know if this is the right way to do it. So I think we were aware that people might like do what we're doing, but we basically put the onus back on the fans where like, this is our life. You're getting a a window into it, but just know that like, we're not experts, you know, we're just here for like entertainment, not infotainment. (laughs) Like you can basically watch what we do, but don't do what we do. That's responsibility in itself, though. You're giving them the discretion and they can make the decision. You're not saying this is the way to do this, which a lot of people do. I feel like when those videos go out there, someone's taken the time to make a video. Here's a how to, how to do this or that. It almost gives it authority, whatever they're saying. And I remember a time when um, I was helping a friend prepare for a navigation test. I'm pretty sure she was trying to figure out how to do a running fix. Oh, first I do this, then I do this, then I do this. And I said, no, like, that's not what you do there. And she goes, well, I watched this video. And he told me that this is the next step. (laughs) And I just found that whole, that moment for me was really interesting. Yeah, Um, exactly. (laughs) I want to talk for a second about public persona versus private persona, because content creators don't put their entire lives, their entire selves in their media. The viewers and listeners only get a small glimpse I used to sail solo with my little cat aboard a North Sea 27, which is a really nice boat. I loved it. Mm -hmm. But I was often called a trust funder. um, And they people (laughs) used it as like a way to delegitimize what I was doing. Actually, I got a loan for the entire thing. And my audience was also inspired by the idea of a female solo sailor. But once I got married, and Ben and I started sailing together, I definitely got some hate mail. People would challenge me to explain why I sold out and I don't solo sail anymore because I believe so much in solo sailing and and what I how it enriched my life. And wow. so I just wonder, has anyone challenged either of you on who you are or who you should be? All the time. <laughs> Brina, how about you? I feel like Marissa gets a lot of this. And uh, I'm not sure why you guys get so much of it, but you really do. I don't know where I ended up on the internet that like the algorithm just like, let's send them all of the trolls, but I'm there (laughs) thriving apparently. So yes. Yeah, you really do. I think a lot of times you have great responses to them. I Spencer and I did not get a lot of that, but I think Spencer and I, our channel was different in that one, like 
we opened with, we're going to cuss. We're going to say things that, you know, are not family friendly. This is a channel that is not, you know, that you sit around with the kids and watch on a Friday night. This is for other cruisers. This is for adults. And I had no problem just blocking people with it. And then with the times that we did get like, oh, are you guys trust funders? We would often just say like, yeah. And it's awesome. Like, you know, just, <laughs> just like, go, oh, you know, yeah, why not? Yeah. Like if you're, yeah. if you are in a situation yeah. where you're lucky enough to be yeah. provided for in that way, like love life. I mean, we all wish we could. Yeah. So mm -hmm. Spencer would always respond just like, you stop talking to me. You're poor. Like, you know, just, <laughs> just kind of like making it into a joke. So that's like pretty clear that it's not really the reality of the situation, but also putting that person just kind of like, that's you know, a big yeah. thing. I actually recently got into a discussion yeah. with my brother-in-law about this. Cause he also used to have a YouTube channel, um, SV prism so that they were around like during the early Delos days. And when he picked us up from the boatyard, it was one of the first conversations he had, not like a, Hey, hello, how's cruising? It was, Hey, why do you respond to comments? So, <laughs> so bluntly, I'm like, well, <laughs> thank you for asking. First of all, um, a it's funny. B I feel like it holds people responsible for their comments. Cause a lot of people just do drive by commenting and they'll just drop hate, nothing constructive. If it was constructive mm -hmm. criticism, it's a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. But if it's just, and they say it with compassion. Yeah. Because they know you're human. And, yeah. Exactly. It's just criticism. I'm, I'm like, okay, let's have some fun with this. Kind of like the same as Spencer. It's like, all right, let's, uh, let's see what we can do here. So then I'll respond back in the same tone. And I kid you not nine times out of 10, they will respond by either deleting their comment or they follow up and they're like, Hey, I'm sorry that came out that way. This is what I meant. Yeah. And yeah. like, that's, that's it's a responsibility on my end i feel like just reminding people that there's another person on the other side because mm -hmm. especially today as we're all so intertwined with technology i don't want to lose the reality behind it just because we're creators doesn't mean we don't have feelings right which sounds so yeah. silly when i say it but it's true oh I that's feel really like good i have i i couldn't I couldn't do a sarcastic or blunt reply like that. I just don't have a sarcastic bone in my body or I, <laughs> and no sense of humor. My husband said I got a little bit of a sense of humor after I was pregnant, something yeah. about being pregnant, but, but I, I'm not a funny person. I mean, I like to laugh and, and that sort of thing, but I'm not clever in that way. <laughs> and that's funny in itself. Um, personally, I really enjoy it because as Brina mentioned earlier, we do tend to have a lot of trolls for some reason. So I think it's really fun to respond to them with, you know, a little sarcasm. I also do digital marketing. So that's my business. And I have emphasized to all of my clients, it's very important to respond to any comment you get because it keeps it going, keeps the conversation open, keeps the content relevant, keeps people engaged. So I try to practice what I preach and respond to comments as quickly as possible. But one day we had like, uh, it was 200 comments on a video that we got within two hours of posting it. And I just had to shut my computer. I'm like, this is for a different day. I can't do this right now. Luckily, most mm -hmm. of the comments were good. So those were easy. I was like, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much yeah. for watching, which is easy. Yeah. But then you'd get the bigger questions. And sometimes there's, there's like a, especially for us who make money off of our blog site as well and off of the articles that I sell to magazines, trying to push people from YouTube to go read something in more detail has been really hard because 
in the comments, especially on project videos, they'll be like, oh, how did you do this? It's like, oh, well, if we didn't show it well enough in the video, go check out our blog site. Go check out this article I wrote. But people are so hard to train. So that's, that's something else I'm working on in the comments is just linking back to the other places I want them to go. It's like, go to my website, please yeah. go here. Sometimes I, I would worry that when I was doing my blog that I was sending the wrong message. I'm, I met so many people that would say to me that I inspired them to go sailing. And that's great, right? But then they would follow up by telling me that they had never really sailed before, but they saw me doing it and they thought, if she can do it, so can I. And this really confused me because I did want to encourage them to try sailing, but I also want people to do it safely. You know, I'm an educator at heart and I had been a trained sailor under many other great sailors in the past. But have you, either of you ever experienced any contradictions from like what you believe your message is to what others perceive? That's a good question. <laughs> I feel like there's probably a lot of them, but maybe people don't make it known to me, which is probably for the best. Yeah, that's a really yeah. tough question. <laughs> so I don't really know. I mean, I always did really get upset with the whole, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this completely, but the admiral joke, things like, oh, let me ask the admiral from the male captain on board. Yeah, I would just freak out, but... I did not hide that on the channel. I think people knew from the channel that I was angry about that kind of thing and that don't. Oh, about like you being demoted automatically because you're the female? Yeah, just and the joke of, yeah, I always hated, you know, when you'd go on the mm -hmm. dock and somebody, you know, a male that would be cruising with his wife and he would, I'd say like, okay, are we going to go to this island tomorrow? It's a good weather window. He'd always say, well, I don't know, better ask the Admiral. I hate that joke because it just, it's supposedly funny that the female on board is in a position of leadership. And even though he's mm -hmm. the captain, I hated it. I, I would always be mm -hmm. like, that's not funny. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. just say you have to ask the co-captain or you have to ask, you know, Brina. Yeah. I think other than that, that combating that, that wasn't necessarily because of content creation, though. That was just kind of a, a sailing kind yeah. of thing that we all have to deal with in general, not just content creation. But in terms of content creation, Benji and I have dabbled in all sorts of different things and tried things and, and abandoned them. And, and right now we're focusing on educational content, but there's also value in lifestyle content. And so let's talk about that lifestyle content. What is the value? Why is that so important? Yeah. People like to daydream um, just in comparison sometimes, like I was saying with our videos, you know, we'd see these people out there our age on big boats and just sunbathing and everything's perfect. So for me, it was important to show the lifestyle that was what I believe is more accurate when it comes to cruising. It wasn't always martinis and bikinis, you know, it was engines not working, running out of water and whatever. So that was important to me to show the more true f picture of what cruising is like, because, you know, we ran into a lot of people who were like just starting out and they were like, we watched, you know, the big channels and I'm just so surprised that this is as hard as it is or that there's like down days and stuff. And you know, it was important for me to show the down days. And I know sometimes we got the reputation of being a little more negative or showing more of like bad things happening all the time, you know, 
partly because we had shitty boats, but partly too, because I want to make sure people knew that it wasn't always this easy thing, that there was challenges and that there's a lot more that goes into it than just like waking up to a gorgeous sunset, you know, eating granola and yogurt out of your fridge and then scuba diving. (laughs) So, you know, that was important to me. And um, yeah, I, I think some people got value out of that. I'm not sure, like looking back, you know, our following definitely wasn't as big as other people, but and our following was a re- pretty tight knit community because they all kind of understood what we were trying to do. And there were a lot of cruisers because I think cruisers got what we were doing. They were like, okay, this is, you know, this is funny. Whereas people who were sitting at home, it was like, this isn't fun. Like, <laughs> this is just mm-hmm. watching two people be negative and break down all the time. Really One of my fun. favorite channels. Still, <laughs> it still makes me laugh. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's really important. And, you know, Spencer and I didn't feel like we were good enough to be an expert on anything and tell people how to do stuff. And sometimes Spencer and I did things that were we would not suggest other people to do like print off fake documents to get into a country or something like that. Like, you know, there were things that we did that I, we were like, don't do this. Okay. We're only doing this because we're dumb enough to try it. So yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was fun while it lasted. I mean, it was definitely uh, a good time. And I think too, like what we've, what we learned then and what I've learned with like creating creators wheelhouse is really, you don't need that big of a following. For, to be successful as a content creator, you just need a really dedicated following. So like people who cruised, they liked our content. So we really were like a very niche channel um, or niche. I don't know how you say that. Um, but, you know, we really were very, you know, just for a select few, but those select few were like, oh my God, you know, we love you guys. We want to support you. We want you to keep going. Um, and that's kind of like, while we were developing Creatives Wheelhouse, we've been talking to a lot of creators and the most successful channels aren't necessarily the biggest ones. They're the ones that have really kind of honed in on what they're good at and then gotten a fan base that just wants a community and then they're willing to support that community just to keep it going. When we went to Newfoundland, we made a film about, well, the tagline is a journey in a small sailboat to find a record-breaking iceberg. And we made this this documentary feature. And we stockpiled all this footage over our weeks of filming. And when we put together the film, we thought a lot about continuity, matching weather, matching the color of the sky or the hue of the waves, uh, the clothing we were wearing. As a result, if I ever do that again, I will never change my clothing. And due to some, you know, lacking footage, because the camera's not not on all the time, we found it hard in the editing process to create some scenes that were real, that also told the story because, you know, we're telling a story of three months down in two hours. So we obviously have to edit some things out of the story and piece things together. So just curious in your work and videos, um, the way we consume YouTube content, we're led to believe it's all real, but how much of it mm-hmm. is a little bit of a fudge factor that for me, I always thought like, well, as long as this film is like how I remember it actually happening, it doesn't matter if I skipped a day here or I took three days and mushed it into one day. Um, this is, this is my reality. So how much of it is a fudge factor and does that matter? Oh boy, you're lifting the veil. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I don't want to say a lot of it is, but 
for our content personally, like I said, we're not always filming. And sometimes since we're 10 months behind, sometimes we'll jump back in time 10 months ago. And we're like, oh, shoot, we need something that, you know, stitches the story together. It makes it look good. So I will either film something on my phone and make it look like I'm on the boat. Cause obviously, like I said, I'm not on the boat right now. Um, you know, some unambiguous type place and be like, okay, yeah, this is what's going on. Just like something to patch it in. Or we cut out that segment entirely and I have to work mm-hmm. around it and figure out how to make the story mm-hmm. still flow without a crucial piece. So it's a lot of triaging in the editing <laughs> stage. <laughs> Yeah, I would say when we um, did the videos that we would purposefully cut out areas that we didn't want people to know about. (laughs) So if we were in an anchorage that we were like, this is amazing, this is the best anchorage we've ever been at, there would be no cameras, there would be nothing, like we would not want to say anything. And we would just address it head on in the videos. You know, people would say, well, how'd you get from here to there? And be like, oh, there's an anchorage in there that we just don't want you guys to know about. We don't want you to ruin it. And we just yeah, like head on say it. And people didn't seem to have an issue with it, which is great. And then, you know, if there was ever a time when we didn't film something, yeah, like Marissa said, we would just cut it completely. I think it just wasn't worth it us to go back and either try and reenact, which we're not actors, so it would be horrible. Or, <laughs> you know, yeah, that just wasn't an option. <laughs> there is one reenactment that is in our documentary. And I'm giving away the secret here because documentaries are supposed to be filmed in real time, but really documentarians know that Mm -hmm. you can't always get everything in real time. But we were sailing along and I think we had just been miserable and cold for days and days and days. And it was quiet. We weren't talking anymore. You know, you know, those moments. (laughs) And, uh, And I think I just looked at Benji and was like, Remind me again why we're trying to see an iceberg. <laughs> oh, and he yes, just I know out. that. Yes, he just busted out laughing and he said, hold that thought. Let me get the camera. And then <laughs> for like the next hour and a half, we were like hysterical laughing, trying to do this again. And it never captured the exact thing. So, um, but I think it, it livened us up for tr- the day. That part was Yes, it's trailer. a reenactment. Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> And if you look closely, I am like trying so hard not to laugh. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Oh, now we have this inside information when it comes yes, to Yes, I'm an actress too. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want everybody to feel like it's a negative thing to create content when you're cruising. I mean, I think that we benefited a lot. We grew this community that was really steadfast and that we still talk to like I mean Ben and Spencer talk they've never even met in person and it's like they are great friends so and that all stemmed from the channel and so I do think that it's a really cool thing especially with now younger cruisers because we were so few and far between now you know our numbers are growing and it's so cool that people are coming together and meeting each other based on these videos or getting inspired by one another or collaborating it's just a whole new portion of cruising that i think is a it's overall a very positive thing well i think we're running out of time it was lovely talking to you both and i love this you know i love getting the other side of things because i meet in air quotes a lot of other sailors just through their videos and through their work online and now I get to talk to you too in person in a really genuine way and it's wonderful
Well, that wraps up another delightful edition of The Morning Muster. If you're hungry for more, make sure to swing by our website at morsealpha.com. Just head on over to the podcast section and you'll find all the scrumptious episodes right there. And hey, while you're cruising our website, don't forget to check out our fantastic sail training expeditions. We do have an exciting season ahead, so make sure to secure your berth before they're gone. Again, that's morsealpha.com, M-O-R-S-E-A-L-P-H-A.com. You can also catch us on Instagram, where we're known as Morse Alpha Expeditions. Until our next rendezvous, remember, sail with purpose and always stay found.